And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Niedeveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio 3 Asgard. You are tuned to Radio Free Asgard, episode number 234. The Ballad of Svipdag. The ghastly rotting smell rose towards him. The cold began to burn him. The darkness reached up to him, and he drew near to the place as dreadful as the worst of fears, the worst of dreams. Even now he did not flinch or falter. Svipdag was swift as light. He reached the gates of Niflheim far under the world and shouted, Grow awake! Wake, wise mother! I stand at the doors of the dead and call on you. Remember before you went to your burial mound. Remember how you told your son to ask for help. Then the seeress Groa rose out of her grave and slowly moved to the gates of Niflheim. My only son, she moaned. What did death in life afflicts you? What dire fate makes you call on me who have left the quick world and lie in the mold? My father has married a two-faced woman, Svipdog said. She is working against me. She bids me go where no man can safely go and win the love of Menglad. That road is long, said Groa, and the quest will be long. But love lasts long, too. You may achieve your aim if the fates favor you. Then sing strong charms over me, mother. Guard your son if you can. I fear death will ambush me, and I am still young. The first charm I'll sing, Groa replied, is well proven. Rani taught it to Rind. Shrug off whatever sickens you. Depend on your own strength. I'll sing a second time then in case you are tempted to take the wrong path. The bolts of Urd will be railings to keep you on the right road. Then third I'll sing in case swollen rivers threaten you. The rivers Horn and Ruth will plunge into Niflheim and the waters will part before you. Then fourth I'll sing in case enemies attack you on the gallows way. Your wish will be their desire, and they'll only long for peace. Then fifth I'll sing, in case you're fettered and have no freedom of movement. I sing a loosening spell over your thighs, and a lock will spring apart, releasing your limbs. Chains will fall from your ankles. Then sixth I'll sing, in case storms at sea go on the rampage in the way no man can. Neither wind nor wave will harm you, and you will have a fair passage. Then seventh, I'll sing in case you freeze in the high rocky mountains. The fatal frost will get no grip on your flesh, and your body will be unharmed. Then eighth, I'll sing you, in case you have taken some dismal track in the darkness. No curse from a dead Christian woman will ever harm you. 
The ninth I'll sing in case you have to debate with some brute of a giant. Your head will be well stocked with wits and your mouth with wise words. Now take the road with all of its hidden dangers and let no evil work against your love. Carry your mother's spells with you and keep them in your heart. You'll prosper for as long as my words live in you. Then Svipdog turned away from his dead mother, Roa, and the stone gates of Niflheim. He made his way back up to Midgard and began his search for Menglad through the Nine Worlds. The road was long, and his quest for Menglad seemed longer. One day in Jotunheim, Svipdog came to a massive stronghold girdled by flame and guarded by a giant. Who are you? shouted Svipdog, standing there at the gate. What do you want? retorted the giant. What are you looking for, and why are you on the road at all, wanderer? The giant looked no less unfriendly than he sounded. He dismissed Svipdog with a nod and stuck a thumb over his shoulder. That's your way, anyhow. A dew path through the forest. There's no welcome for weaklings here. Who are you? repeated Svipdog, standing there at the gate turning away travelers. Nobody is going to welcome you with outstretched arms, replied the giant. You do best to go home. My name is Fjordsvid, and I'm known for my wisdom. But I don't throw food around. You'll never get a foothold in this hall. You'll leave as you've come, ravenous as a wolf. Svipdog shook his head. Few men turn their backs when they mean to set eyes on their loved ones. The gates of this golden hall are gleaming. I mean to make my home here. Who is your father then? asks Fjolsvid. And what is your ancestry? My name is Dvinkald, said Svipdag. I'm the son of Varkald, whose father was Fjolkald. Wind, cold, cold of the early spring, great cold. Those are our names. Now tell us this, Fjolsvid, and tell me truly. Who sits in the high seat of this fine hall? Who is its owner? Her name is Menglad of the Necklaces, and her father was Svafrthorn's son, said the giant. She sits in the high seat of this handsome hall. She is its owner, Svipdog said. Now tell me this, Fjolsvid, and tell me truly. What's the gate called? It's even more unyielding than anything in Asgard. It's called... Clanging Thrimbjol, said the giant. And it was made by the three sons of the sun-blinded dwarf Solblindi. Whoever touches the latch is at once trapped by it. Svipdog said, Now tell me this, Fjolsvid. What's the name of the building? It's even more massive than anything in Asgard. Its name is Gastropnir, the guest crusher, the giant said, and he smiled grimly. I made it myself a long time ago from the limbs of the clay giant Lyrabremir, and I braced it so firmly inside and out that it will stand for as long as the world lasts. Now tell me this, Fjolsvid, said Svipdog. What is the tree called that spreads its limbs over all the worlds? It's called Mimir's tree, Yggdrasil, the giant replied. No man alive has seen all its roots, and few can guess what will fell it, for neither axe nor fire will be its downfall. Tell us this then, Fjolsvid, Svipdog said. 
What issues from the seed of this mighty tree that neither axe nor fire will fell? Women in childbirth cook the fruit, said the giant. Then the hidden child is delivered safely. That's why people esteem it. What's the cock called, Svipdog said, that sits on the topmost bough adorned with gleaming gold? He's called the tree snake. Vidofnir, answered Svjolsvid. He illuminates Yggdrasil's limbs like lightning, and he brings nothing but sorrow to Surt and his wife, Sinmora. Tell me this then, Fjolsvid. What are the hounds called that prowl and snarl in front of the stronghold? To tell the truth, said the giant, they are Gif and Giri. They're huge already and will grow more huge before Ragnarok. Can no one hope to get inside this stronghold, Svipt asked, while these ravenous hounds are asleep? They never sleep at the same time, said the giant. That is why they were made Hall Wardens. One sleeps by night, the other by day. And so no one can pass unseen into the stronghold. Is there no meat a man can throw to them, said Svipdag, and dart in while they're wolfing it down? To tell the truth, said Fjolsvid, the cock, Vidofnir, has two wings. That alone is the meat a man can throw to them and dart in while they're wolfing it down. What's the weapon with which to dispatch Vidofnir to the house of hell, Svipdag asked. That's the sword Levaten, the wounding wand, said the giant. Loki made it. He forged it with runes at the gates of Niflheim. It lies in Legjarn's chest, guarded by nine locks, and Sinmora watches over it. Can a man hope to steal that sword and get away unscathed? asked Svipdag. A man can hope to steal that sword, Fjolsvid replied. If he takes what few can win as a gift for Sinmora. What is the treasure a man should take to delight that gaunt giantess? Svipdog demanded. In your pouch, said the giant, take Vidofnir's tail feather. Give it to Sinmora and she'll give you Levatin in return. What's the name of this hall girdled in flickering magic flames? asked Svipdog. It's called Lear, the holder of heat, Fjolsvin replied. It will always quiver and shimmer like a spear point. All men know of this noble hall, and no hall more noble than this. Which of the gods fashioned this great hall that I see within the stronghold, said Svipdog? It was Loki, said the giant, the fear of the folk. And he was helped by the dwarves Uni and Iri, Bari and Yari, Var and Vegdrasil, Dori and Ori, and Deling. Then Svipdog asked, What's the mountain called on which that lovely woman is reclining? It's called Lifeyaberg, the hill of healing, replied Fjolsvid. And it will always be a source of comfort to the sick and the suffering. Any woman who climbs it will be cured, even if she has long been confined to her bed. Who are the maidens smiling and sitting at Manglad's knees, asked Svipdag. One is called Rif, the helper, said the giant. Then there are Lifthrasa and Theodvara, and Shining Bjort, and Bleak the White, Blid, and Frid, Kindly Ear, and the gold-giving Arboda. Now tell me this, Fjolsvid, said Svipdog. Do they help all those that make offerings and truly need succor? They soon help all those who make offerings on the high altars, said the giant. And if they see someone is in danger, they will guard him. 
Slipdog said. Now tell me this, Fjolsvid, and tell me truly. Is there any man who can hope to sleep in the arms of the fair Mendlad? No man but one, said the giant, can hope to sleep in the arms of fair Mendlad, and that man is Svipdag. That woman who shines like the sun is destined to be his bride. Throw back the gates, cried the wanderer. Open a wide gateway. I am none other than Svipdag. He looked at Fjolsvid, elated. Hurry to Menglad and ask her to grant me my heart's desire. The giant made his way up the green slope behind the stronghold and reached Menglad and her maidservants. Listen, he said. A man has arrived at the stronghold who you must come and see for yourself. The hounds are fawning on him, and the great gates burst open of their own accord. I think this man is Svipdag. Menglad looked at Fjolsvid and her heart beat as if it would burst out of her. She said in a low voice, If you're lying when you say that this hero has come to my hall at last, her voice hardened, it will not be long before greedy ravens peck out your eyes while you swing from the gallows tree. Menglad and her maidens and the giant Fjolsvid picked their way down the slope and crossed the stronghold to the main gateway. Menglad at once faced the wanderer. Anxiously, she asked, Where have you come from? How did you get here? What do your kinsmen call you? I must know your name, your ancestry, before I can be sure if I am to be your bride. I am Svipdag, the son of Sunbright Solbjart, and I followed cold wooden ways to this place. No man can deny Urd, even though her gifts are unearned. Menglad opened her arms. Svipdag, she said, you are welcome here. I've waited so long for you. The kiss of welcome is yours, Svipdag. Then she moved slowly toward the traveler, and she asked, Is there any greater sweetness than the long-awaited meeting between lover and loved one? Svipdag stretched out his arms towards Mengled. Mengled said, Day after day I've sat on the hill of healing, waiting for you, and now I have what I've always dreamed of. Menglad and Svipdag stepped toward each other and touched, and Menglad said, We've yearned alike. I longed for you, and you have longed for my love. But now, and from now on, we know we will live to the end of our lives together. And that was the Ballad of Svipdag, as always taken from the Norse myths, which was adapted by Kevin Crossley Holland. Interesting tale that, and especially interesting in that I think that this might be the only mention of Christianity in the Norse Eddas. Now that fact alone seems to suggest that it's a later myth, and, and Crossley Holland himself suggests that the, perhaps this version of the story was written down around the 13th or 14th century, which makes it significantly later than a lot of the stories that we've been covering. We do have another piece of continuity here, and that is the character of Groa. Uh, Groa actually appears in, in the uh, Thor versus Hrungnir uh, story that we covered some time ago. And uh, there's no reason to believe that this isn't the same character that appeared then. Though Stipdog himself is not a particularly important character, there are some similarities here in some of the other characters that we see. Menglad personifies a lot of the same sorts of, of characteristics that you might expect to see in Frigg or Freya. And then we have the, this character of, of Fjolsvid, the giant, who 
has a lot in common with Odin, including the two hounds. Remember, Odin actually has two wolves, and one of them sharing a name with one of the two hounds. Odin's wolves are Gary and Freki, and the uh, giant's hounds are Gary and Gif. So, obviously, there was some cross-pollinization here going on with, with the storytellers, and, and that's the kind of thing we find really interesting. Of course, we do need to note that the story takes place in Jotunheim and not in Asgard. So, you know, make, make of that what you will. We're not trying to make sense of it as far as it being a historical document, obviously. <laughs> I do like the descriptions they have of the world tree. And, and we get a little bit of that, that sort of the lay structure here and the repetition and the repetition of the nine charms and the repetition of the, you know, the different places in the fortress and... So, you know, that's very typical, the sort of sung story that we have here in the Eddas. And uh, we also have some of the, uh, the dwarves from Lord of the Rings in here. <laughs> Dory, Ori, Delling. Yeah, uh, obviously, and we've talked about it before, uh, Tolkien took a lot of the, the names of his dwarves from the Norse mythology. So, uh, obviously, he was very highly influenced by that as well. All right, so uh, yeah, so we're running about right about the 20 minute mark right now. So I'm uh, gonna just go ahead and wrap this up for this week. We'll be going back to uh, Thor volume two next week and uh, getting in uh, the last couple of issues here in the storyline that we're covering and then moving on to uh, something else. Anyhow, uh, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook. Look for Radio Free Asgard there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.